Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jeff Joyner. You might know me as Coaster Dad or Logan's Dad from Coaster Kids. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Clint Novak, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast on Podbean. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, David Cantu and J.D. Prescott. Hey, how's it going, J.D.? It's going great, David. How's your week going? Crazy busy. Yeah, likewise. Same here, man. It's just been crazy busy. Looks like we're going to have a very productive summer. I tried getting in reservations at Disney. Very tough, isn't it? Uh, I struck out. Well, yeah, I haven't even had a chance to even see if I can get a reservation into any of the parks yet. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully by as summer progresses, hopefully the uh, capacity can increase a little more. And maybe hopefully by this fall, maybe parks could be fully reopened. Yeah, we hope. But, yep. you know, it sucks because I got to pay full price for a one day ticket. Oh, I'm lucky out that I still have my annual passes, with the exception of Disney, of course. I don't even know what Disney is even planning at this point. It's just all day tickets, it seems like, at yeah. this point. and that costs an arm and a leg. Of course, you know, they got to make up for the... <laughs> they the year-long hiatus? Comp- yeah, so... Well, anyway, well, welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Coaster Challenge Podcast, and I'm David Cantu. I'm J.D. Prescott. And we've got a very special episode for you all today. Uh, we've got a wonderful coaster enthusiast couple, uh, Larry and Jean. Oh. Uh, yeah, Andrew's standing by with them. Uh, very, it's going to be a really uh, interesting episode to hear about all the, they, this couple's been uh, going all over the world and they ride roller coasters together. And it's something that many enthusiasts like myself hope to be like someday when I get much older, be able to still be able to get on roller coasters and enjoy and uh you know just living life to the fullest of course know? so well anyway we're gonna have a really exciting episode but first we're gonna do our segment called youtube clip of the week all right so jd we got a you saw a pretty interesting youtube clip this week yeah why don't you tell us a little about it so you know the the slingshot of course it's at most fairs in general so there's these big burly guys that are like oh i can do it i can do it oh is this the uh big guys (laughs) do cry yes big guys do cry (laughs) and they pass out yeah wow i've seen many slingshot videos of how people's reactions are because the one neat thing about them is that they videotape your moment on those rides and i know cedar fair and six flags does have quite a few slingshots in their parks you know i have not even had a chance to uh get on one of those yet actually i did the old one at six flags the devil dive oh really that was fun Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the video, so the video clip you're telling, they were showing all these big buff guys, guys that you would not even think. That would be, what's the word, um, scared. <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah, you showed me the, the video clip, and uh, you would think these guys can be able to handle the slingshot. They, they go through many extreme experiences, but amazing how... So many of them scream in complete and utter terror, and not and pass right out in the middle of the ride. Yep. Like I said, I've seen so many, but these guys were kind of hilarious in a way because these guys were in tears. So one of them was in tears. One of them completely blacks out. Arms go completely limp. It's funny. Wow. So yeah. So make sure to type in YouTube. You know, slingshot. Big guys do cry. Yep. <laughs> or just. People yeah. pass out on yeah. slingshot. Well, wow. you know, and that that is like the ultimate fear breaker right there, the slingshot. Yeah. So, but yep, yeah, that would be the YouTube highlight clip of the week. All 
All right, so Andrew's standing by, and uh, he's got Larry and Gene with him. This is going to be a really fun episode. I actually will be joining them in this interview as well. So take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and JD. This is Andrew with the Coaster Challenge podcast. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are talking to a couple of coaster enthusiasts that have definitely made their way around parks all over the uh, world, actually. And uh, we're talking today to Larry and Gene. Welcome, Larry and Gene. Thank you. Glad to have you. So uh, on the Coaster Challenge podcast, obviously, we talk a lot about coasters. And we're going to be talking about how coasters have impacted your lives and so forth in a few minutes here. But um, before we get there, I want to kind of cover something that's really important pertaining to you guys specifically, which is... You know, when we have people on this show, a lot of a lot of people that have YouTube channels and they're, you know, so to speak, professional coaster hobbyists or coaster enthusiasts, as we're called. Uh, and you guys certainly are enthusiasts, but I think your guys are a little different than others out there in that, you know, some of us have been riding coasters for five years or 10 years or 15 years, but you guys have been riding coasters a long time. So uh, the first thing I want to ask both of you is, you know, and this might be different for each of you, of course, but when would you say you rode your first coaster? How long ago? I actually just figured this out um, kind of by surprise. It was it was weird. My my dad really loved trains and he was a member of a model railroad club and we would do these train trips every so often. So I know that we took a train trip to West Virginia. So I assumed it was Camden. So I assumed that the Big Dipper was my first coaster, but I didn't know when, and I really didn't have any way to um, know that for sure. And I, I did a little search and I came across somebody had downloaded home video from this trip. And so I know now that I was five years old and I, I, all I really remember is my dad and his friend were just so surprised that I wanted to go on this coaster and that I was not afraid. And it, it just shocked them. So, yes, I was five and the big difference. Wow, five years old. <laughs> nice. How about you, Larry? I was a little bit older. Um, mine was the, the racer at Kings Island. Uh, the year it opened in 1972, and I was uh, 12 then. And you wrote it opening year? Yes. Nice. Nice. Okay, excellent. Now, kind of a similar question. How long would you say you would classify yourselves as coaster enthusiasts? You know, maybe that's based on the first time you joined a club like Ace or went to an event or traveled specifically to ride coasters. Those are all ways that we can define ourselves as being enthusiasts. How long would you say? How, how many years for you guys? You know, I, I don't know. We, we've always loved them. And first event we really found out about was Coaster Mania one year. We happened to be there on the day with some friends and our friends didn't realize that they weren't supposed to be riding and they snuck in the line basically. They didn't even know they were sneaking in the line. So they got to know some ACE members um, at Coaster Mania and so we thought um, we need to find out about this so that we can be a part of it and I don't know when would you say that was? Probably 30 years ago or more? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow 30 years Years. That's awesome. So yeah, going back into, uh, I guess, the 90s, maybe late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there. Right? Right. Excellent. Okay. Awesome. So you talked about your first coaster. Now, I know you guys have traveled all over the place, like, you know, like I have, and you know, David's been all over the US. And I'm sure that you've gone to some interesting parks and rode some interesting coasters. What would you say is the one coaster that scared you the most, you know, that you had the most anxiety about before going on or waiting in line, or maybe there was something that happened on that coaster you weren't even expecting? What would you say that one is? For me, I would say uh, Top Trail Dragster, Cedar Point. Um, I just remember how the, the queue line is like in, in the middle there and just, uh, you know, my palms were sweaty, my heart was racing and just, just looking at this 400 plus foot coaster. Um, yeah, I was, I was very nervous getting on that coaster the first time. Was it the height, the speed, both? Both. I, I think it's it, just the whole package. Very, very nervous to, to get on that one. Loved it, you know, once I once I did ride it. But um, I, I'd say that's probably the most nervous I've ever been getting on a coaster. Makes a lot of sense. How about you, Gene? I, I would agree. And the first time I rode it um, on that launch, it left my stomach behind. And I've never gotten sick on a ride. And I thought, oh, no. But that only lasted for a couple seconds. And so then, you know, once once my stomach caught up and it was up and over, it was like, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I right. 
it's so intimidating. And, and as a matter of fact, our son is not an enthusiast, but he will tell you that's his favorite coaster. And one of the points is because of the anticipation of it. It's just knowing, you know, how fast it's going to launch and how high it's going to go. Nice. That's really cool. That's really cool. So to the best of your knowledge for both of you, is that the fastest coaster you've been on in terms of acceleration? Or have you been on something faster, maybe overseas yeah, or? Not overseas. We've been on King Ka. We've been on um, Max Force Accelerator, you know, so some of them, they may not launch as fast, but they get up to speed a little bit quicker. Right, right. I think Max Force is the fastest of all those as far as acceleration goes. So uh, riding Max Force, which obviously would have been much more recently, uh, so it's almost a brand new coaster. Did it give you that kind of leaving your stomach behind feeling? I, no, because I know what to expect now. So, you know, it's like... Right. And we and we still felt like the launch on Top Girl Dragster was, was more intense than... Yeah, I, um, I know that some people think Max Force's uh, launch is more intense. But honestly, it, it again, maybe because we knew what to expect it. It just and then it it kind of it kind of weakens out quickly, so it doesn't quite have that you know um, wow factor like Top Girl does, being standing so tall in the middle of the park. Right, right. I mean, certainly with the Topsail Dragster, it, it goes it it gets up to a higher speed, uh, as well as there's that whole psychological aspect of it because it's not just that launch. You know where you're going. You know how high up you're going, and you know you're coming straight down. So, you know, it makes, makes a lot of sense. I remember my first ride on that, I think it was opening season back in the early 2000s, and it was uh, quite, quite something to go on the first time. Um, so let's talk about, let's dig into that for both of you, Top Thole Dragster, a little bit more. So how was it for you when you were, you know, on the, on the queue and heading towards the station and about to get on the ride? What what were you thinking? What were you feeling? Like to kind of walk me through that the inside of your head. Yeah. For me, I just I just remember uh, you know, my heart was was really pounding. Palms were very, very sweaty. It's not knowing, you know, what to expect, looking at this, look, looking straight ahead, you know, knowing that you're gonna be launched 120 miles an hour and straight up. Um, yeah, just just not knowing, you know, just that anticipation. Right, right. How about Eugene? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think there again, not not knowing what the experience was going to be like and knowing how fast we were going to be launched. And, you know, launch coasters weren't, um, they weren't a common thing back then anyway in 2003 so right having that new experience and it, it was exciting i mean back then we, we you know we prayed, we prayed that it didn't roll back and you know mm -hmm. then then it was like we prayed for a rollback we finally got one last year oh nice oh nice that's awesome uh we should definitely talk about that here um maybe in a few minutes so you know one thing you brought up that's interesting and larry especially brought this up is that you're in the middle of the queue there and the queue is in the middle of, you know, where everything going on, right? Where the launch is happening, the track itself. And it's very interesting how that, of course, can be kind of anxiety inducing, you know, causing those sweaty palms and so forth versus say, actually, a good example of this is that one of the coasters in your home park there at Kings Island, uh, Flight of Fear, are formerly Outer Limits, where you, you're in that queue you walk into that UFO, which, by the way, I mean, that's such brilliant theming that, that Paramount did back in the day. And still, even when you go inside there and you've got the launch area, you have no idea what the track looks like without having been on the coaster before. And that, of course, can be anxiety-inducing in the reverse direction. So it's like these two extremes, you know, not knowing what you're about to be getting into versus seeing it right there, right in front of you. And it just because of what it is, it's, it's intimidating. Those are both, you know, can be, can be fear-inducing. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, and as you mentioned, Gene, yes, by the way, you know, in 2003, when Top Thor Dragster opened, modern launch coasters, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about like the Schwarzkopf shuttle coasters, you know, those are going back into what, the what the early 80s and maybe even late 70s, I think those first debuted. And, you know, they were certainly, uh, uh, you know, of interesting design. The Arrow shuttle loopers as well, like Lightning Loops, a great adventure. Again, those are back into the 80s. But modern, you know, high-speed launch coasters, catapult launches like Topful Dragster or your magnetic limb and LSM launches, I think the first one of those, of any of that, those categories, I think was in the mid-90s. I think 96 um, was the first of those. And, but Topful Dragster really, especially for the catapults, is, is one of the most extreme certainly along with King Khan and Formula Rosa and Ferrari World. So definitely understand, you know, how it was, you know, very unique experience, especially being 
being on it when it first opened. No, it was for me as well. Um, so you have all this sort of anticipation and nervousness and, oh my gosh, what's this going to be like as you're approaching it? Let's look at the other side of it, which is, you know, after you, right after you get off the ride, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? You know, how, just take me through that. Let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the line was like, what, four hours or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, right. wow, that, that's amazing. Um, right addition of the park uh i wish the line wasn't so long so we could ride it more yeah right so you guys were you know really excited to get back on it and obviously you know you've obviously ridden it more than once because you you know i'm sure more than twice even you mentioned the rollback last year but uh when you went on it later times you know after that first time i'm assuming that the line and getting on on it and so forth was it was a different feeling you didn't have the the sweaty palms and the the nervousness right i knew what to expect after riding it the first time yeah plus it was always right. it was always at night at coaster mania and if you've ever been to coaster mania people seem to poop out you know they're there for the morning ert but by night ert you're basically walking on so yes i can remember nice. running around and around and around and getting several rides on nice that's really cool um so we talked about you know what it was like getting before going on it and then coming you know getting off of the ride um did riding that ride and conquering that fear now you know obviously you've been on coasters before and you've been on other coasters since but that one being identified as kind of the one that scared you the most over the years did conquering that fear did it have any kind of impact on your life any anything you can think of any significance we i mean we had traveled around quite a bit by then when we were raising kids we didn't travel a lot but we did one year we got six flags passes and went to every six flags park which at that time was only seven so we've been around so i don't know if i'd say it impacted it it just kind of sealed it more how much we love posters i mean as far as like you know the fear you know like made it through that one you know like it what you looked at it and it looked intimidating but you know it wasn't that bad so i think there you know anytime that you look at a coaster and you think you know you don't know what you're going to you know experience on it um that that kind of helped you just flash back to that and say you know we liked it you know so yeah i I think would you say that you know given you know how tall it is how fast it is how how extreme it is that conquering it kind of helped you maybe this is what you're getting at larry it kind of helped you to be able to not be anxious about first time rides on other coasters because right okay got it got it okay makes sense okay now my next question and this is i said we might be getting to back to something you said later um would you say that your rollback that you experienced on top of dragster was that your craziest moment ever on a coaster or is there something crazier than that in your opinion no i i wouldn't say that because we'd ridden superman and really a rollback on top thrills like riding superman at magic mountain you know true good point at both directions you know both the original direction and now that they launch you backwards and you come back down forwards um so i mean it was it was like that it was just kind of a everybody talks about a rollback so you want to be one of the cool kids and experience one so we were <laughs> we were glad to get one but no craziest what would you like the crazy oh yes yes i don't know if we told you about this before andrew but um, I don't think so. Don't think in so. the early years of the Beast, okay, it, it, it's always been the the coaster to be at for last ride of the night. Um, and they have always shut it down for fireworks. So it might have been the first year, 1979, or I'm sure no later than 1981. Um, we were in line for it. And we get up there and there's a guy who has won a huge stuffed animal. The big St. Bernard. Oh, yes, it was a dog, big St. Bernard. Like with a barrel under. And we're getting on in row 17, the sweet seat. And he's getting on in 18, the very back. And he's he very drunk. Yeah, it drunk or high or something. And he said, me and my friend <laughs> are going to ride this ride. And, you know, at that time, you didn't have OSHA telling you you couldn't do things, right? So, um, no seatbelts. No, it was just the buzz bar. So he gets on with the stuffed animal. We start on the ride. We get to the top of the hill. He literally got up on the back of the seat, held on to the buzz bar like he was riding a bull. And we thought we were going to watch somebody die on the ride because we thought, no way is he going to be able to hang on and stay on that and hold his stuffed animal in there. And he did. He made it back to the station. And and yes, we just thought the whole time, we're going to see somebody die. We're going to see somebody die. And I would say that's the craziest moment because obviously no one's going to see that nowadays. That is crazy. And I don't think you had shared that with me previously. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that story. Did he get in trouble? 
I'm guessing back then there weren't cameras, of course, and he probably got away with it, didn't he? Yeah, we, we were trying to think. Of, I don't remember. I think he probably got back down in the seat before we pulled into the station. So I don't think they probably ever knew that he did that. We were probably the only people that witnessed it. So. I'm just imagining a modern version of this somehow happening with someone with a GoPro or some kind of action cam and doing this as a stunt for their YouTube channel and, and probably not getting away with it. But uh Wow, that's a crazy story. That's insane. Um, what would you say? Well, okay, actually, before we even get to this, so what? Uh, what is your uh, respective coaster counts? I'm assuming you guys still keep track, right? Mine's at 746. 748. I'm at 772. My parents took me to some places that obviously when I was a kid, that, and most of them are defunct, so he's not going to get there, but... But maybe Camden this year, he'll get, he'll get to Camden. Right, right, right. Um, right, and that was your, where you went for your first. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so well into the 700s. Wow, so a lot of coasters. And, and you guys have been, obviously, all over the U.S. You've been to Europe, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. anywhere, anywhere outside the Europe in the U.S., any other continents? No, no, just Europe. We've okay. Canada, of course, and then just a little one in Cancun, a hurricane in Cancun. Yeah, so North America and Europe. Okay, okay. So of all the coasters you've been on, all over Europe, all over the U.S., North America, what would you say is your each of your favorite coaster? It's the same for both of us. It's still vengeance. We, you know, especially nice. the older we get, RMCs are just so smooth. Um, they they just put out a good product for us. You know, we, we love a good wooden coaster, but obviously our bodies, going to Hollywood nights and riding the voyage, these young whippersnappers, they want to just ride it over and over again. Well, this <laughs> is about our limit. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's a great experience, but our bodies are kind of like, oh, I think that's enough of that. So yeah, we both love steel bends. Right, right. Okay. That makes sense. Our What's home- that? What's that, Larry? I said we're probably a little biased too, because it's uh, in one of our home parks. But... Right at Cedar Point, because you guys live in Ohio. So yeah, this has come up a, a few times on this podcast. I think the most recent time I, I, I had it come up um, with one of the interviews I was holding was uh, with uh, we recently talked to actually a very good friend of yours last week, uh, Jeff Joyner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff Joyner, you know, he's um, I want to I want to say this, in a, you know, he, he's not he's not a young whippersnapper. You know, <laughs> I, I like that term that you use, Gene. And, uh, you know, none of the four of us on the, on this discussion today are young whippersnappers necessarily. But um, and Jeff was talking about how he doesn't really care for the rough rides of of wooden coasters. And actually, he met, he mentioned specifically as an example some of the ones at, at Holiday World. And uh, I still have not been to Holiday World, as I told you guys before. And um, it's like, I feel like my clock is ticking on that um, because I love wooden coasters. But yeah, they can really take it out on you and require a chiropractor trip the next day, which actually Jeff mentioned as an example too. So I got to get there hopefully sometime soon. But actually, that, that's actually a good um, time to ask you guys this. This wasn't on the list of questions, but but you'll, you'll appreciate this. So um, again, I know that you guys are not young whippersnappers. You've been riding coasters for 30 years now. And I know that you, as part of this, what, what's that? What's that? 40. Remember the beast? Is- 40, 40 years, 40. Sorry to 40, 40. Wow. Um, well, I've been enthusiast for 40, but yes, even riding even longer. Right. Right. So I know that you guys have this amazing following, which is so cool. You know, you, you guys are pretty active in social media, you know, what the parks you're going to, but when you're at parks, people recognize you and everyone wants to hang out with you because I think, and this is how I look at you guys. You are the people that a coaster enthusiast wants to be when they quote unquote grow up. Right. You know, they want to, they want to be like, you know, even if they're not the young whippersnappers anymore, they want to be, keep riding coasters and excited about it and doing these special events and trips. And Again, I've talked to other other people we've interviewed about this that and, and mentioned that being a coaster enthusiast, it's very physical. It's almost like a sport. And you know, I know that you guys stay in shape. And I, I, Larry, I know you work out. Gene, do you work out too? Or yes, right. Okay. So, would you say that part of why you work out, besides obviously for health reasons to keep healthy, is part of it actually? Would you say really so that you can keep riding coasters? Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. You know, I always say this when people are like, "Oh, why do you ride with your hands up?" I said, "It's a good ab workout. Try it." <laughs> Very true. Very true. So that's really, that's really inspiring that you guys are, you know, so dedicated. Again, it has other benefits, especially the health benefits, but you're having that kind of synergy there, kind of a win-win. It's good for your health, but it's also supporting you and being able to continue, you know, going to the parks and enjoying these coasters. And, and I definitely agree with you having been on a lot of RMCs. 
that RMC is sort of at the best of both worlds there because they're really smooth, but they are very forceful in a good way and not in a rickety, painful way like wooden coasters can be, right? Um, I, one of the worst, yeah, one of the worst experiences I ever had in a coaster was uh, two years ago, year and a half ago, first and only time so far that I've been to Six Flags over Georgia, probably already know where I'm going with this, uh, riding the Great American Scream Machine there. Oh my gosh. Have you guys been on that anytime recently? You know, the, the first time we rode that was, I think, 1983. And we loved it because it was a big coaster at the time, right? I, oh, yeah. We, we were just there in November. And yeah, one ride was enough. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now, David, uh, you were recently, even more recently than me, going back to 2019. I was there in 2018. Uh, in 2019, you went to Six Flags Over Georgia, and you rode the Great American Screen Machine, right, David? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's... what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Rough. That was a rough ride. Um, but I believe that was one of the oldest coasters in the park as well, right? Uh, yes. I was told that was like, yes. a, what, 100 years old coaster? So, yeah, I mean, I love riding. When I hear that there's a coaster that's very old and historic, I love getting on them because... You know, that just brings you back down memory lane. Um, it, it reminded me of the original Colossus over at Magic Mountain. Yep. That was my very first sure. coaster that I wrote as a kid. And uh, yeah, I, I have that uh, in my archives on my YouTube channel. I love being able to just share videos about that older coasters as well. So, but yeah, it's a, it was a rough ride, but you could tell by its age, um, it, it needs a paint job. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw amongst other things. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, wooden coasters nowadays. You know, we were just talking about RMCs. Uh, you know, Steel Bench is a great example of a mean streak. A much more recent wooden coaster that was had its issues, perhaps some design flaws. You know, maps wasn't maintained as well as it could, and you know, became an RMC. But obviously, you know, I'm. As all of you guys know, I, I uh, uh, actually all of us here, all four of us are members of ACE and I do a lot of volunteering for ACE, helping out with the podcast there and producing that. And I'm a big believer in ACE's mission of, of coaster preservation and RMCs are great. Absolutely. But, you know, also I believe that there is still room and still a need for certain wooden coasters to hopefully not just become an RMC or get torn down, but just to get you know retrofitted and get get refitted and get get new track and you know what holiday world does with their wooden coasters is awesome um i really got to experience a nice version of that much more modern mind you uh i rode ghost rider shortly after it was opened what about 20 years ago or so now and um you know, ghost rider maybe not didn't maintain it well over the years but it 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 fell into disrepair pretty quickly, so to speak. And so they went and retracted it, what, back in about 2016, 2017 or so. And I remember riding it shortly after that. I was in, uh, I think in 2018, I wrote it. Uh, I'm going to be late 2017 at, I think it was 2017 at Not Scary Farm. And oh my God, riding that coaster at night where it just storms through the pacing on that. Such a great ride. Such a great ride. And, and, and that's the other thing about wooden coasters is they're going to have, they're not going to be perfectly smooth. That's, that's part of the point. And Ghost Rider has everything that it, a, a wooden coaster should. You know, that feeling like you're going to fall off the tracks without beating up your body which is the best of both worlds. So, um, you know, wooden speaking coasters of, can be challenging. Uh, so we're, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of Ghost Rider, since you brought that up, I remember my dad yeah. uh, recently before the pandemic began, he took his grandson on there. And, you know, my dad's 63 and he turned around to me afterwards and he says, I need a chiropractor. He goes, he, he just said, <laughs> he goes, he goes, it's a fun ride. But he said he probably at his age right now, he just said he couldn't get on it again. <laughs> so I, I, I told him, I said, you need to start walking and getting in shape a little more and you will be able to ride yep. that thing. And, uh, and he's been doing it. He's been walking, starting to get back in shape, getting, staying active now that he's retired. But he turned around, he goes, man, I just can't ride the coasters like I used to. And, and, and he said, I remember he was the one that got me on Colossus when I was a kid. And, um, uh, yeah, he just said, man, it's amazing how when you get older, how much the experience changes. And Larry, Gene, I just want to know, has the experience as you have gotten older, has it changed for you in any ways? Um, 
I think outside of having to pace ourselves a little bit, like we rarely marathon anymore. Although we went to an event where Steel Vengeance was on an ERT. So of course we marathon that, but we tend to not do that as much as we used to. Um, but I'd say that's, a, that's about it because you're only as old as you feel. Right. So <laughs> yeah. we hang out with our 20 and 30 yep. more friends and, and we just enjoy their company as much as they seem to enjoy ours. And, uh, as long as we can keep doing this and keep up with it. But yes, we do, we do go to the gym because that helps immensely. And we tell our young friends, you got to take care of your health now, because if, if you don't, you're not going to be doing this at our age. Cause we have had many of them say, I want to be just like you when I get to be that age. <laughs> just curious. That's how awesome. I'm your age. So yeah. just curious. Um, Cause I go to the gym as well. And I haven't been able to go, this past year because me being in California, everything's been shut down here. It's just been hard. I sometimes told myself, I wish I was over on the East coast <laughs> in the Midwest, <laughs> uh, but me living part-time in Nevada, Nevada is like a whole different world, but I haven't been able to get to the gym all year. And I'm just curious, how many times do you guys go to the gym? Um, I don't know, five days a week. Well, Larry will go, he'll go on the days that I go and just do the treadmill because I'm not there as long. But I, I go to classes at least two days a week and then I'll do something at home that third day that involves kind of weight work. But I will do some kind of a cardio every day, whether it just be bounce on the rebound or march in place in front of the TV watching coaster videos, uh, you know. <laughs> Just something, <laughs> something to keep moving. Yeah. Nice. My nice. newest thing. Well, my newest thing that's been helping me is um, I think I started since 2017. I've dropped 125 pounds wow. within a year. That's, that's and awesome. all I did, because I literally went to my doctor because I was struggling with weight loss. I was like, when I started riding coasters for the first time, and it was helping me break my fears and help suppress my Tourette's, I looked at my doctor and I said, you know what? I look at myself in the mirror every day and I said, I don't like what I see. I want to change. What can I do? And he kind of guided me on how, watching my how much I eat. But he told me, he goes, David, go for a walk. He goes, go walk for a half an hour every day and then slowly increase it till you get to an hour. And he was right because he goes, I just want you to lose 10 pounds a month. So if you can lose two and a half pounds a week, just by walking, drink your water, watch how much you eat, and you will drop 10 pounds a month. Well, he was right. Every month I was dropping 10 to 13 pounds a month. And within a year, boom, I mean, 125 pounds off. And I literally have before and after photos, but it was mainly because there was one coaster I tried to get on that I couldn't fit. And that was Riddler's Revenge over at Magic Mountain. And I waited mm. three hours, three hours to get on that ride because it was Fright Fest. And my friends wanted me to get on it because it was the first time I was going to get on it. And when I finally got to the station and they tried to strap me in, because Riddler's Revenge has those over shoulder restraint system that goes all the way down to your waist and you have to adjust the seat. Well, yeah. my stomach was just too far out. It just could not go all the way in. So they told me that, I'm sorry, sir, I, we can't fit you on this ride. And I had to take the walk of shame down the yeah. exit. And I was really upset about that. And I literally, my friends were on the ride while I was down at the front. I was so upset. That's when I made the decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm coming back and I'm going to get on this damn ride. Sure enough, I dropped the weight. I looked at the ride. I said, I will see you in one year. Sure enough, one year later on my friend's birthday in December, when I dropped the weight, I went back on that ride. And guess what? I got right on it. I was in the front row. And throughout the ride, I was like, screw you, Riddlers. I'm finally <laughs> got to ride you. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's a great story. Yeah, that's amazing. I, you know, I don't know if you guys know who Jared is. He's a Kings Island regular. He dropped like 190 pounds um, and just started riding last year. And I, I don't even know where his coaster count is, but. He, he, it's amazing. His, his story is amazing. Like just the same as yours, David, it, it definitely spoken to a lot of people. And I'm still struggling nice. to this day, this past COVID, this past year, I think everybody has told me they've all gained about 40 pounds this past year because we couldn't be able to do anything. I gained 40 pounds and now I'm working to lose that before I go to Florida in October. So, and so far I'm dropped 15 pounds again. So I'm trying to get down right now. My current weight is at 234. 
I'm my ultimate goal is to get down in the one seventies is what I want to get to. But wow. if I can get, nice. if I can get back to my pre COVID weight, which was one eighty nine, I'll be golden. I'll be happy. So that's my goal. Oh, yeah. this year. Uh, I've been very lucky. Maybe it's because of moving into the new house and the early part of the pandemic and having the pool and having the dogs to walk and all that. But uh, I, I lost some weight during the pandemic. So I don't know how I'm not complaining, but I, I guess I feel fortunate that, um, well, but David, I, I, I wish you the best. <laughs> What's that? It's working. We actually did too, Andrew, but that's because we eat pretty healthy when we're at home. And then when we couldn't go to the gym, we just exercise anyway, we'd walk in the neighborhood or do whatever. Yep. So it's going to the parks and these meal plans that what, <laughs> that's what kills us. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. At least we're walking yeah. all day in the park. So. Yeah, I, I do a lot of walking and walking is one of the best things for you. Uh, and then uh, I find that when I'm at the parks, I'm not eating like I used to. Like I used to be like, oh, there's a churro. Oh, there's a pretzel. You know, I, I just I don't have as much. Um, you know, like well, was, when we went to SeaWorld, yeah. we went to SeaWorld we, you know, when I joined you guys uh, back uh, in January. I think we just had lunch. And that's, I think that's the only thing I remember eating that day at all. So I try not to I, go too crazy. I was, I was doing, yeah. yeah, I was doing the same thing when I would go to theme parks. Um, I used to go for like, oh, yeah, give me that corn dog. Um, give me that hot dog. No, in the past from 2018, 2019, like the one thing I love, like, for example, when I went to Carowinds, uh, Harmony Hall had a, a salad right. bar and I was like, and they made the salad for you. So I was going for like, okay, they have chicken. I'll grab chicken. Oh my God. They got a salad bar. I'm, I went for the salad bar. So I was always looking around the park. Like what do they serve? That's at least on a healthy side. So when I go to walk, I can continue to burn the calories I need. And that was the one thing I missed the, the walking at the theme parks. I would walk. I, I mean, my Apple watch here kept my step count and, Every time I go to a park, I would average out like 35,000 steps a day just walking in a park. And so when I do my walking here at home, I try to match that. And it's about a 10-mile walk to do 35,000 steps. And I was like, and I did. I literally walked for three hours and it was a 12-mile walk. That's my record right now. And I, my mom's like, are you nuts? And I said, I got the energy. I might as well keep going. You know, I want to lose this weight. (laughs) So I just keep doing it. Yep. So the the parks that I find myself walking the most at, um, when I lived in California was when I went to Disneyland because Disneyland and California adventure are right next to each other, you know, and we would park up or, you know, whether it be we, or sometimes on solo trips, or I was there with friends, but either I or we would oftentimes, you know, park up back and forth several times in a day. Mm-hmm. And I find the same thing happens here at universal, which is the parks I go to the most here in Florida. My favorite here again, because the parks are right next to each other. I don't take the, I love the train. Hogwarts express is awesome brilliant technology, really cool, fun. It's great to take friends that are visiting from out of town. People have never been on it and I'll go on it sometimes, but usually I'm just walking between the parks. I don't want to wait online. I want to get the exercise. It's a lovely walk with a lagoon there and city walk and Tootsome and all that. Um, So, you know, having, having that walking at theme parks and not eating like crazy, you know, maybe having a butter beer, just one, you know, but not going crazy. (laughs) It helps, you know, but it's all about moderation, exercise and food and all that, whether you're theme parks or not. So, um, so we were talking, you know, your favorite coaster steel vengeance for both of you. And you're talking about some of these rough riding coasters and so forth, but and maybe we already kind of covered this, but what would you say is your, and it, it, it may not be a least, it may not be a matter of rough riding. It could be other things, but what would you say is your least favorite coaster? I would say mine is time warp. <laughs> at uh, Canada's Wonderland. Yeah. Nothing fun about that ride at all. Yeah, we've, we've ridden three different Valaires, and uh, they're all equally as bad. And But Time Warp's got an SLC right next to it, so that it, that's just like a horrible part of the park. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes Time Warp so bad? I've not been on that ride. I'm not familiar with that particular coaster. Is this uh, rough? Yeah, yeah it's a- uncomfortable. It, it's Headbanger hurts your shoulders really bad. Yeah, it's just kind of painful. Oh, okay, okay. What kind of restraints does it use? Um, well, you lay, you lay like in. It looks like a cage, is what it looks like. Oh, it's one of those. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, step into it, and then, uh, then you're like 
like like flat. You know, when you kind of like fly, you know, flying through the track, it looks it looks fun. It just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've never. I've always seen those, and it doesn't interest me that much. And yeah, it never looked like it would be very fun. It could be very rough. Okay, I get it. I totally get it. And that's actually something that I think we all can look forward to is with technology and computer-aided design and all this stuff that these newer coasters, well, either, either even older coasters are getting retrofitted, like some of the boomerangs and, and so forth, even the SLCs with the best restraints. But the new coasters, like for example, uh, a topic that all, all of us have been talking about with each other recently, for obvious reason, Velocicoaster opening another month or two. Um, it's, you know, it's an, an inverting coaster um with multiple inversions and so forth but it's uh it just has the lap restraints the modern you know intimate lap restraints no over the shoulder um and i love that the coaster companies have figured out how to even (laughs) across the way sister park there universal studios uh hollywood rip ride rocket which is a pretty rough steel coaster Mm -hmm. Uh, the humidity has not done well for that ride being outside which makes me concerned for velocicoaster and hagrid's long term but maybe they figured that out with maintenance but but thankfully uh, hollywood ride rocket does not have otsrs i I can only begin to imagine how awful that ride would be with over the shoulder restraints so at least it just has a lap bar and again velocicoaster only a lap bar of course hagrid's only a lap bar but that doesn't invert but um so that's something that'll be helpful moving forward with to make these rides more more rideable um i know you guys already mentioned some maybe this is the advice you can think of about making you know telling your the 20 and 30 year olds that look up to you guys you know make sure you stay in shape and work out but is there anything besides that that would be big advice that you would give to people that are listening to this podcast that are you know enthusiasts i Personally, I would say have fun because, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people out there that won't waste their time on a certain coaster because it doesn't meet their specifications or whatever. And we, we have sort of a little thing that we do at at our home parks and it's right at the coaster in one day. That's kind of a challenge that we do. Um, You know, do we like corkscrew at Cedar Point? Not especially, but we'll write it once a season, you know, Vortex, the year it closed. That was definitely a once a season coaster. And the the year that closed, we wrote it several times because we were with different people. Oh, it's closing this year. Let's write it again. And, (laughs) you know, you learn how to just have fun with it. Don't don't think of the bad and just don't take it so seriously that you make it so it's not any fun anymore. This is all about having fun. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. You know, everybody likes to get a new credit and, you know, but but the thing is that, like Dean said, uh, just have fun with it. Uh, we've met so many people. It's a little harder now that you have to stay socially distanced in the in the lines and stuff. But you know, we we have met so many people just uh, waiting in line for coasters that we've actually kept in contact with and become you know good friends with. And then you meet up with them again when you see them in the park again later, like you know the next year. But um, and now that we you know we have grandkids that uh, we take to the parks and. We love riding, you know, the rides with the coasters with with them, and and, and they're getting to the place now where they can ride, you know, the the big coasters and um, well, the older two, the older two, <laughs> yeah, the older two. But um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, just have fun with it, you know, meet people and and enjoy it. Nice, that's very good advice, and I, I agree with all that. And um, you know, I don't have kids myself, but got niece and nephew, and um. Uh, actually, my, my niece and nephew and their parents, uh, they were um, visiting uh, last week here in Florida. They stayed with us, but we uh, they did not want to go, and the parents did not want to go to the parks. They were just a little concerned with COVID, totally respected that. We didn't really, we didn't actually do a whole lot out and about. We just stayed at home with the pool and the hot tub and went to some restaurants and things like that. But when they've been here before, or Disneyland, when we lived in California, you know, we've gone to Universal, we've gone to Disney World, all the parks. And uh, let's see, the nephew, he is like basically 10 years old. And the niece, she's about six years old. And the niece is this crazy, I have so much respect for her. Nothing, nothing, Zach David, we should almost, I, I have, I'm joking about this. We should almost have her on the podcast. She is not afraid of anything. She wants to go on every single ride, every single coaster. So she's one of those that, unfortunately, you know, 
at her age, she still isn't quite tall enough for certain bigger coasters like Hulk. Um, but she would totally go on it. But, you know, she'll, she'll get on another year or two. Um, the nephew, he's the typical kid, nervous about looping coasters and things like that. And we tricked him. Hollywood Studios, we got him on <laughs> Rock and Roller Coaster. And he he got off that ride. He's like, asked him, Parker, what did you think of it? Oh, my God, I loved it. I want to go on again. I said, Parker, so did you like the loop? That didn't go upside down. No, no way. So, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Right after the launch. And so, yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like you said, enjoy it and, and enjoy uh, taking people to your favorite parks and coasters. I think that's, that's good advice. Um, I, David, I think, uh, wanna... oh, yeah, yeah, I think um, Larry Jean, you're right. Um, there was a period in my life where um I went through severe depression because my wife and I, uh, our marriage had fallen out altogether. And it was something that was not expected. Um, long story short, it just didn't work out. And we both equally agreed that, you know, to go our separate ways, but it was something that I was not expecting, but there was a period during that time I was sunk really down and it took a really good friend of mine. He turned around, he said, you know, put yourself first. He goes, take care of yourself, enjoy the little things, enjoy life, have fun, um, because you're only going to live once and you want to make the best of it. And and over the years since I started Coaster Challenge, it's because I have seen all the way around, just in my own community, just how much people are miserable, how much people are have hatred in them, and, and it's just how they treat other people. And I was raised to treat everybody with dignity and respect, and it didn't matter who you were, what your beliefs were, what your political beliefs were, what if you're a person of faith or what. But lately, I have just seen, and COVID kind of ignited a lot of this. And I was like, wow, I thought, you know, I was talking to Jeff about that in a previous episode, and we were having a good discussion. And you know, we thought we were making good progress, you know, trying to help people break their fears. And, you know, because when you break their fears, they're, they, they become fearless of everything. And right. it feels like we got a long ways to go here. And just seeing you guys, you guys are a testament of just how by just having fun and just putting yourself first and just enjoying the little things. You know, I wish, uh, I hope everybody who's listening out there, I hope that we can all all together can help change somebody's life out there and just hopefully give them this, that advice to be able to make a positive change. Cause we need some positivity back. I don't see it anymore. Um, it's like a fire, like a, like a sparkler. It's like, it's dimming right now, but I feel like it can re spark again. It's just, I think we all need to put our foots forward and just, start speaking out about this. It's just, uh, that's what this podcast, why I started this is this podcast is on a mission. I'm on a mission to help change our country and our, and our world, because we need to bring positivity back. We need to bring respect back. We need to bring love and just kindness back. And I'm doing this any way I can. So having you guys on appreciate, uh, I appreciate this. So your advice has been very helpful and I hope it helps others out there that are listening. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And I, I would like to add, David, you know, obviously we talk about fear and anxiety and depression and how parks and coasters can help with that, uh, whether it be the facing the fears, whether it be the adrenaline rush and the, the energy kick you get from rides themselves, the, the physical effects, or just the escape from the world and the immersion. What we talked about in a recent episode, talking about the magic of highly themed parks like Disney and Universal. Um, but just another thing is, is uh, kind of some advice that I would give to our listeners and I give to people in general is there's going to be negative things in your life. And, you know, as I mentioned on a recent episode, I'm dealing with, as all of you guys know personally, some, a couple of major issues in my life right now simultaneously. Uh, some, you know, to some degree, I have control over some I don't. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm at the whim of what's going on. But, and it's a very negative thing. And I could easily get caught up on it and be a very negative person and get, you know, focused on it and get depressed and so forth. But with all that negativity going on in my life, I have a lot of positive. And so, you know, my advice to people is you may have negative situations going on. You're probably not going to have full control over them. 
you can you know take actions and do things intelligently and, and logically to hopefully reduce the effects of the situations or make them better in time but again even if you don't have control you have other things in your life you just need to look for them that are positive and if you don't have enough positive things in your life then work to make the changes to have those but once you have positive things in your life when the negative things come along they're not as big of a deal because you can rest on the laurels that, oh my gosh, bad things A and B are happening to me, but I've got C, D, E, and F, G that are great things that are positive things in my life. And that's what I'm going to focus on. That's what's going to keep me getting out of bed every day and keep me going. And I think all of us can agree, all four of us here, that one of those positive things that all of us have is the theme parks, the coasters, and the friends, and 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 all of this positivity that surrounds that. And that's actually multiple things that are all encapsulated into one area. And we should all be thankful for that. And I'm very happy for you, David, you know, Larry and Gene and I, you know, Larry and Gene, they've been traveling. Their parks have been open in Ohio. They've been down here to Florida. I've been here in Florida the past year where the parks have been open for almost the entire time. And David, I know you've traveled a little bit, but otherwise your parks have not been open locally, but they're about to open. They're about to open. About the show getting ready. Yeah. So that's awesome. Oh, that's only awesome. at you'll 15. Be for, you'll be better for oh, it. Only at 15%. But all of us here in California were like, we'll take it. I all mean, right. I think I think by the time Disneyland opens, <laughs> we should be at 25 because we're starting to get into the orange tier. But, you know, just for those that, that are not on the West Coast, I will tell you, the COVID situation here was really bad. I mean, people were like one out of three were getting this virus and the virus has actually affected my family in many ways. Like my uncle lost his brother to COVID. My cousin, who's the same age as me, she had it back in November. She was literally in uh, ICU, almost died from it, but recovered and she's doing very well. Um, my sister's a nurse. She's been on the front line since day one. I have barely seen my sister this past year. I've got to see her during the holidays and it was mainly with my parents were in isolation. So my life has been tough because I was taking care of my folks, taking care of our businesses here because we run two businesses here. It's just been very hectic. And we were also concerned about our family businesses because we run storage companies here and people pay rent. And it was like, oh my God, are we going to be affected by this? Because no one's going to be able to, everyone was losing their jobs. And it was like, are we going to be affected? Well, I'm really glad to say we, we dodged a bullet. People were still paying their rent here, which I was like, oh, thank God. But it, it's just, it was a really bad situation. Yeah. And, you know, but things are getting better. It is getting better. We're slowly opening. I you know, I think California was a little harsh on the closures i think so um i've seen uh, states around the country reopen ohio florida um and i was like texas i was like okay i know cases are high but they still have things open you know i was in arizona it was the same thing Pe everything was open but people were being safe it's like give people a chance to you know demonstrate to be safe and but i think Amen. we were over i think we were over cautiously secure here but i can see why we just the cases were just out of control for a long period so but yeah i mean but i'm just glad that you know magic mountain's gonna open the parks are reopening we're we're able to get back into the gym movie theaters we're able to dine indoors again i mean it's amazing how like you said the little things enjoying the little things i i've never been excited to go back to a movie theater i was like oh my god i can't wait to see the first movie that comes out you know so it's, it's amazing when you lose something like i used to complain about disneyland all the time andrew can tell you i used to complain how crowded it was the long lines just to get on a kitty ride i was always complaining but when disneyland's been closed for over a year you miss it. It's like, oh my gosh, I really miss Disney. And I said, I can't wait to get back, but I don't know how soon I can get back, you know, with the restrictions and annual passes gone. And so we're, we're waiting to see what happens, but I'm just glad to see things are reopening. So it's, I hope that when things fully reopen, I would love to see you guys come when you guys come out to California. I'd love to see you guys. So. Yeah, we have a couple credits we got to get out there. So they need to let us 
non-Californians come. <laughs> yeah. Right. That'll, that'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, one, one of the other podcasts I listen to, I listened to a number of podcasts. Some of them are theme park related, others, other interests as well. But one of my other theme park podcasts uh, is from um, this channel called No Midnight. And it's, uh, they do a lot of serials and stories about theme park history and, and things like that. And one of the episodes they did a, a year or two back was about the number of times or these in, the situations in which Disneyland had closed. Because Disneyland, unlike Disney World, it does not close very much. Disney World closes, yes, because of hurricanes. That's happened a number of times for a few days. Disneyland doesn't have that. Disneyland, prior to the pandemic, I think closed maybe four or five times. Uh, you know, JFK's assassination, uh, September 11th, and then a few other weird situations back in the 60s and 70s. And it's crazy to, you know, listen to the episodes like, wow, Disneyland's always open every day of the year. and It's so rarely closed. And then here we are now on the other side of it being closed for more than a year straight. I mean, which do you ever think we would have this? It's crazy. No. Any, anything is possible, good or bad. But um, so Larry and Gene, is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Or ask us any questions? I know we've been asking you guys a yeah. lot of questions. So when are you guys coming back to Ohio? <laughs> Everybody's been asking me. I have a lot of friends in Ohio. Um, they message me all the time. Um, I would love to go to Coaster Stock over at Kings Island and Coaster Mania over at Cedar Point. I try to go to Cedar Point every year. I try. Um, this year, um, it's going to be tough. Um, I'm focusing on Florida because I'm planning on spending two weeks in Florida. It, in this past year, I desperately need a vacation <laughs> with all the <laughs> craziness going on here. Um, but at least I got to be out there last year for Orion. I was glad to be the first writer on Orion. So for the events, so I, and, when, and, uh, and at least I got to go to Dollywood. So I only got to travel once last year, which was not normal. Cause usually I'll travel three times a year. Like Andrew and I, like Andrew met up with me. Was it 2019? I did, East, I did yeah. an East, I did an East coast tour where I started down in Georgia, worked my way to Carowinds, worked my way to Virginia went to Kings Dominion, Bush Gardens. And then I went to, even though Andrew's like, you don't need to go, but I had to go to get the credits. It was Six Flags America, which I was not, I was like, not super disappointed. It was actually a pretty clean park when I went and the people there were very friendly. And I think we interviewed a, a coaster enthusiast who's from Maryland who said the same thing. He goes, the park has really improved over time because it used to be pretty yeah. ghetto. But um yeah. The rides need uh, maintenance, I'll tell you that, because they they look like they are just been run down. But at least I got to go there and experience it so I could be able to tell the story. But, you know, at least I got to go visit Washington, D.C. for the first time. Um, and I got to walk the, the mall and see all the sites. And it was a good it was a good trip. And then the Midwest trip where I finally got to go to Holiday World, Kentucky Kingdom, Kings Island, Cedar Point. I, I, I enjoy going to Ohio every year. So, yeah, if I ever get out to Ohio, I will definitely hit you guys up because I usually fly into Columbus and I'll make the drive down to Mason and spend a couple of days at Kings Island. And then I will make the drive up to Cedar Point. Mm -hmm. So I try to make Columbus the central point for me to get to the airport. So, yeah, that's yeah. Flight, you know, honestly, we've been flying out of Cincinnati recently because Frontier has had these deal deals on them but the problem at Columbus is they only have two flights a week mm. so if uh, for any reason you're out for three or four days before you can oof. get flight so we would drive to Cincinnati because they have flights every day wow. right makes sense Th thank you very much Larry and Jean for joining us in the podcast today I had a great time talking to you and really love your positive attitude and some of the experiences you've had and Again, like I've told you before, and I, and I now even feel this even more now after talking today, um, that I definitely, I want to be you guys when I grow up. So thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you, David, Andrew, Larry, and Gene for being on the show. It was a really fun episode. It was great. I would have to say Larry and Gene said it well. Yep. They said, uh, enjoy the little things in life. And have fun. 
that is probably the best medicine anybody can have is you've got to have fun you know and it's like you live life once and you want to live it to the fullest so you know when you go to if you break those fears you can make it where you just enjoy everything that life throws at you take it cherish each day at a, one day at a time and just really like just be thankful that we're able to wake up and enjoy another day yeah exactly remember tomorrow's never promised yeah you're right it is not and so you must cherish every day of life that you have because you don't know if you're going to have another one tomorrow exactly so but this was a really awesome episode and i want to thank them all for coming on and uh and next week we've got another exciting episode and uh make sure to hit that subscribe button and uh join us on next friday for another exciting episode do you accept the kosher challenge we'll find out next week but until then this is david Cantu, jd prescott and we'll see you next week on coaster challenge